Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today is the start of a mini training series all about permaculture. This training series was inspired as I was unpacking boxes. Yes, still unpacking boxes since we're kind of in this sort of unpacked state here at the homestead. Um, for those of you longtime listeners, you'll know that the farmhouse here at Mossy Bottom Homestead needs quite a bit of renovation doing to it. Um, it's been forgotten and neglected for so long, just like the land. Um, so as I was unpacking some boxes and repacking boxes to move into empty rooms, um, ready for remodeling, you know, measuring up the room for flooring, new sheetrock, insulation, replacing windows, you know, the kind of scary stuff that you don't really want to be doing when you're renovating. Um, Not the fun stuff like, oh, what paint am I going to use for this room? Anyway, um, whilst I was going through that, I found my permaculture design certificate or PDC as it is known um, and a book that my parents gave me for my birthday um, that was about permaculture on a small scale. Um, It was like a quarter of an acre farm in France that was um, very, very productive and called Miraculous Abundance. Um, It's written by um, a French couple who are farmers of the land. So it's kind of interesting um, to read some of their anecdotes and insights about um, farming and some of the things that have driven them to go to a more permaculture and eco-centric type of farming. Um, But I thought as I'd kind of stumbled across these things. It's been a long time since we talked about permaculture. Um, But permaculture is something that isn't too far from my thoughts as I, you know, look out on the land, a quick walk around Mossy Bottom to the bottom of the hill where all the moss is and up to the top, back up to the top of the hill where the farmhouse is. You know, just a quick walk around is really a lesson in ecology. It's easy to see the relationships of organisms with their surroundings. You can see where the deer trails lead into the homestead. You can see what the deer are feasting on and where they're bedding down and, you know, pooping and everything else. You can see fungi and beetles that are colonizing rotting wood of a windfallen tree. Um, I could see pollinators flitting between flowers and even caterpillars that are chewing through leaves of plants and you know working to gather their strength to wrap up in a cocoon and then metamorphosize into a moth or a butterfly i've seen birds swooping in to grab the caterpillars or other bugs to take back to a nest a step outside always finds something new to see and that's where i kind of want to start with this um, series is you know one of the foundations of permaculture is working with ecosystems like the aim is to design and create a cultivated ecosystem that mimics those ecosystems that are created by nature in these cultivated ecosystems they should produce no waste and use all the resources that are possible and efficiently use them so efficiently use water efficiently use energy that's gathered from the sun or our own energy as farmers and other inputs that are coming onto the land. A cultivated ecosystem should be designed to use natural maintenance such as things like using animals to till like using chicken tractors to help till the ground or using grazing maybe you've got goats or again using chickens to kind of prune back um, some plants right using methods to encourage native pollinators rather than having to pollinate by hand or bring in external pollinators Um, fun fact some farms with large orchards actually ship in beehives when the trees are about to blossom to help pollinate those blooms 
And once those flowers are pollinated, the bees are boxed up and shipped on to another location. I mean, I was very, very astounded to learn that that was something that was done um, in commercial farming, but it is. Um, Permaculture is really based on ecology and uses ecological principles as the basis to design these abundant cultivated ecosystems on a property. You don't need to hire a permaculture designer to design and create a permaculture plot in your yard. You can absolutely do it yourself. And we're going to kind of dive into that over the next few weeks. And this is going to be some training over the long haul because there's not a a one size fits all when it comes to permaculture. Um, You could absolutely hire a permaculture designer and have them do the analysis and design the plan for your land. But I really feel that you know your land and your property better than anybody else. You know how you interact with the land. You know your normal pathways that you're taking, whether you're walking out of the back door and, you know, turning right to go to the hot tub or whether you're turning left to go to the shed and pulling out the the lawnmower, whether your kids are playing on a swing set in a particular part of the garden, you know how you use that land better than anybody else could. And a good permaculture designer is going to want to spend a lot of time on your land, a lot of time on your land and throughout the seasons to be able to see how the water and the sun move, the interactions that you and your family have with that land and what animals and plants are there and what ecosystems are established. A good permaculture designer is probably going to want to stay long term on your land. So if you have like property, like a larger, you know, plot of land and you're wanting to hire somebody on it, don't be surprised if you're, you know, asked like, hey, where can I stay on the property? So they're able to see these things. But you kind of already do that if you live on the land and you're wanting to design it yourself and you absolutely can. Um Permaculture takes time to implement and establish. Um, Permaculture is very heavy on the upfront data gathering, like analysis and design of your plot before you even plant your first plant or dig a garden bed. The payoff, of course, is a thriving ecosystem in the space, often with hundreds of varieties of plants working together with little effort from you. And just because you already have put in a garden or there's already things that are established in your garden that you like it doesn't mean that you need to change all of those things for permaculture to work you can incorporate those things that are already there that you love that you don't want to change and create something else permaculture and gardening generally are just as unique as you are and no two permaculture farms or homesteads or micro farms whatever you want to call it that you're doing in your yard no two are the same just like there's no two of you right there's there's lots of different ways that you know this can be incorporated into your existing homestead and lots of ways that you can you know really go if you've got a very basic template and you've just kind of got a grass lot behind you in the backyard or even if it's not a grassy lot there's things that you can do so there's two basic approaches to permaculture design you have one where you start with the principles of permaculture that then you try to adapt to any location and the second approach is through practical techniques and those um, change from climate to culture and by practical techniques there's there's things or ways of 
gardening or growing or harvesting or tending plants that you know are different from different places around the world um, if you read books based on permaculture you'll see there's a lot of information in them about the subtropics and tropical areas because the um, people who came up with permaculture um, were from Australia um, so David Holmgren and Bill Mollison they were in Australia so that's where a lot of the research and information has come out of Australia now it doesn't mean to say that you can't leverage some of those techniques you absolutely can but the plants that are being used in these examples you'd need to figure out what plants would work for the climate that you are in right some of the techniques that I have and that I'm using are for a cold weather climate they're not necessarily going to work if you're based in Florida for example right and same thing if you're based in Florida you know there's going to be some techniques and things that you're able to do and plants that you're able to grow but somebody that's in Minnesota for example isn't going to be able to so it's leveraging you know information that is already there and how things are already being done and then what can you take from these learnings and how can you adapt it to where you currently are so i want to talk about some of the main principles of ecology and energy conservation that permaculture uses and um you know this kind of feels a bit like a science lesson so i i'm sorry for that um but really because ecology is such a foundational piece of permaculture i wouldn't be doing this training any um, justice by skipping over it and just kind of digging into practical techniques because it's often when we understand these foundational um, pieces that we start to have ideas come through so let's get into it and talk about some main principles of ecology so food chains and food webs are the basis of an ecosystem structure we're going to go through what some of those things are. Um, the three main biological parts of an ecosystem are producers, consumers, and decomposers. So things that produce something, things that are going to consume it, and then things that then decompose and break things down and start that cycle again. There's multiple links that are created by diversity of species in an ecosystem. And that multiple linking and diversity create structure each important function is supported by many elements within an ecosystem an ecosystem evolution is limited by specific factors and those factors really depend on where you live right we kind of talked a little bit about that earlier um, succession within an ecosystem can be predicted but you can also accelerate it and this is where we use planting successions to establish soil for example leveraging green manure or cover crops to reduce erosion and build biomass as an example you could also use it as um, those early species of trees which will help get established that you can then start to have other hardwood trees and things growing in the place to create a little forest um, stacking functions occurs in both time and space and each element performs many functions in the ecosystem and we're going to be talking quite a bit about stacking functions and what some of those things entail so don't worry too much about those right now 
Um, edges between ecosystems are valuable assets and designs. So the boundaries between where a woodland and a meadow are, for example, we can leverage to grow more useful plants rather than focusing on just one or the other. Elements are optimised in natural ecosystems, so every element, and this could be like a pond or a tree or a pathway for example, these elements are placed in a relationship to one another so that they assist each other um, and that is kind of where a lot of this planning comes in with permaculture is figuring out what those elements are and what the best position is going to be so that we can leverage those um, across multiple elements within the system that we're creating in your backyard and the final thing is that all matter cycles so Two of the most studied cycles are, of course, carbon and nitrogen, if you remember back to school. But energy is captured from the sun and cycled and water are also cycled in permaculture systems. So there's a few things that we're constantly thinking about when it comes to permaculture design. But really, you know, one of the main principles of permaculture as it relates to ecology is to preserve genetic diversity, ensuring sustainable use of habitats and species in the area and striving to maintain the balances of the species that are already living in the area that you are working in. Permaculture really strives to maintain and replenish these life support systems that nature carries out all by itself in an ecosystem. And many of these life support systems, like we can't replicate them as humans. We can try to protect those that are existing in the area. Um, and you might be asking, what on earth are some of these life support systems? Well, fertilizing the soil and the subsequent plants that are growing in the ground, like fertilizing by using compost or nitrogen fixing green manures, chop and drop mulch or animal manures or, you know, a like example of a life support system, but also things like pollination of flowers by insects or winds or animals and the natural movement of seeds through wind dispersion or animals moving them like birds on a burdock or a teasel for example latching onto animal fur or fleece and then they fall off in another location later cleaning water right have you ever had a fish tank or a pond and put in oxygenating plants that make the water better for your fish some pond owners aerate their pond with a fountain others use you know these oxygenating plants or you might use reeds or other plants to help clear water that's coming from a stream or a ditch and the role of fungi, for example, this is not very well understood as it comes to gardening. Um, mycorrhizal fungi and inoculants are available as things like a soil amendment or even as something that you can pre-treat your seeds with at planting time. Fungi plays a very complex role in the ecosystem. They connect trees and plants in the soil. There's even some fungi that can remove toxic substances in soils. There's some fungi that are amazing to look at. There are some that are delicious to eat and there's others that would cause you to have a dirt nap. That's death. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things around fungi that we don't really understand and fungi is often forgotten as being a life support system um, but it very much is a foundational support system that we should take into consideration if we're looking at having a permaculture um, garden that we're looking to build in our backyard. Um, another 
life support system is how nutrients and food are cycled along the food chain and how they return to soil so you know what's producing the food what's eating it what eats what after that and then how does it get returned back to the soil it came from i'm sure you can think of other life supporting systems in an ecosystem just as i'm sure you can think of how humans disrupt some of these systems it might be the introduction of new chemicals to the land. It might be diverting water away from a river or a stream or a lake, perhaps. It might be over-harvesting of an animal, like over-hunting an area, for example. And those are just a couple of things that come quickly to my mind. When we think about permaculture design, though, how can we disrupt the disruption and return things back to the more natural life support process? And that's not an easy task if you're thinking on a large scale, but it becomes a much easier task when you start to think about it for your backyard and becoming this eco-friendly micro farm that can produce plenty of food to feed you and your family. If we take a step back and observe the land, looking at the plants and the animals in all of their functions in the area and the ecosystems that are already there we can start to work with nature we can rely a lot less on external inputs like bringing in compost or soil or even buying seeds right we can start to have a self-sustaining sufficient homestead it takes a bit of observation and thoughtful planning though before we start to jump in so let's go back to a food chain, right? Because a food chain is the relationship between producers, consumers, and decomposers. So for example, let's take a plant growing that's being eaten by a caterpillar, right? The plant is the producer, the caterpillar is a consumer, but maybe the caterpillar is eaten by a bird, that's another consumer. But let's say that that bird dies, right? Fungi, soil microbes and other exciting things help to decompose that bird and return the nutrients back to the soil. Those are decomposers, right? And this is an oversimplified, you know, food chain example. You know, there's lots and lots of other examples that you can see. But food chains become interconnected and form what's known as a food web. And there's many, 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 many of these food webs that interconnect within an ecosystem as a whole. And when you start, you know, looking at permaculture and you know maybe you're looking outside at a patch of grass and in, in your backyard there's lots of possibilities for your permaculture garden but let's talk about if you were going to observe some bare ground over time what might you see well you would see successions of plants and animals moving in and out and the ground increasing in diversity more food chains begin and connect they form a food web and then more and more connections make that structure more stable right because uh, you know you're not just going to have like a very linear like you know there's there's a plant it's eaten by a caterpillar and then it's eaten by you know a bird like there's lots of other factors that feed into this and food webs and food chains are all interconnected right that plant isn't just going to feed a caterpillar right it's going to feed multiple species you know there's multiple interactions that are happening and what kind of happens is the more of these structures that you have that backlink and connect the more stable your system becomes and some of these terms you know can be feeling a little you know overly analytical and you know a little bit like clinical almost you know like oh, structure and systems right it's just it's just a way to kind of facilitate explaining things um, and you'll see as you start to read about permaculture that you know different authors explain things in in different manners um, 
some of the permaculture books are a lot like you know a, a science textbook you know they're, they're a little hard to read sometimes um but just know that you know we're, we're looking at you know the the living organisms that are in our space and how they interact um but let's think about what we would see if we were to observe some bare ground over time right we said you'd see a different succession of plants and animals but what what might we see so we might see some pioneering grasses and weeds coming in and covering that bare ground and they're going to start to stabilize the soil hold it in place and reduce erosion start shading that soil from the sun and then we're going to start to see other plants moving in it might be herbs it might be native flowers and then in comes some shrubs or some bigger plants right that produce like a lot more leaves we might start to see pioneering trees so for for me on my property the pioneering trees are those staghorn sumacs they like to start growing up first and then other plants start to you know form around them like we start to get climbing vines we'll start to see fungi and then different trees will start to appear in the area right and that forest begins to form not everywhere is going to form a forest right it really depends on you know the wider location that you're in you know if you're out somewhere that's more of a, a desert you're going to see a lot different type of plant species you know than what I am here in in Maine for example so I think it's worth getting out and seeing what you know nature looks like in the area that you are in like what's kind of naturally there what are we starting to see is it forested is it you know a lot more of cactuses and you know salt bush are you starting to see you know different um plants because you've got sand dunes you're more coastal right what what are you starting to see there and what's kind of natural for the area that you're in because understanding some of these things is going to help you with your overall understanding and design that we're going to be helping you create as part of this um, training series so you know it's good to know that these pioneering plants are often nitrogen fixers not always but they often are so they're helping to stabilize nitrogen in the ground which is providing food for the soil microbes that are there but also for other plants to be able to move in and make this patch of land their permanent home in permaculture we can design the land to move through this succession and create habitat for plants that are beneficial for us and the wider ecosystem and you know when we start to do our planning for permaculture and looking at the land and the wider land we want to be able to help create this permanent abundance this permanent home for these plants with little disturbance to those e ecosystems we want to be adding value right to where we are and as you start to implement your permaculture design on the land the area that you're working on is going to change and evolve and you're going to need to observe your land to see those results did the design work do you need to make changes to help steer the land to the desired end goal right some small adjustments in your garden and design are normal there are so many variables in an ecosystem right you can't plan for everything but by careful observation we're going to be able to help move that land step by step to the cultivated abundant ecosystem that we're trying to design so your homework for this mini training is to get outside take some pictures of the land that you're wanting to try some permaculture design on it doesn't need to be a huge space it doesn't need to be your whole yard it can be a little space right that we're just kind of testing things out on but get out and observe what is already there 
take some pictures of the space at different times in the day so that you can start to see the movement of the sun and the shade in your chosen spot. Um, write down what your end goals for this space is. Are you wanting to create space for some easy to harvest perennial plants? Are you wanting to make a permaculture chicken coop and run what is your end goal for the space because your goal is going to be different it's going to be different from the goal that I have for a space that I'm going to work on and your goal is going to be different from somebody else right this is your garden this is your project so what's the goal that you're wanting let me know over in the Facebook group if you want and share the area that you're going to be working on your design until next week I hope your garden grows beautifully and I'll see you all next week